we started this series on a two-week series on the Titanic because last week it was a hundred years ago last Sunday that it went down and um, we want to talk about some things that we can learn and principles from there you know um, as we kind of process this and I've been doing some research on it as well it's some of the things that just amazed me of the 2,223 passengers on board 706 people survived and most of the people who died were people in the second and third class uh, most of the rich people got out uh, but the people who uh, weren't actually sleeping first class um, they passed away many of them and you know as we look at this today um, and you just saw that clip for about the lifeboats um, one of the realities sets in that even though it sank, not everyone had to die. If you think through this, um, uh, some of you, you, uh, you watched with intrigue with the Costa Concordia, the ship that actually ran aground in Italy and partially sank on January uh, the 13th, 2012. And of the 4,218 people that survived, only 34 people died. And 34 people is a tragedy, but if you do the percentage on that, 99% of the people made it, made it out, were safe. And 1% died. Now compare that with the Titanic, that 70% of the crew and the passengers aboard drowned 100 years ago. Now the reason why the Costa Concordia, even though it was a terrible tragedy, only 1% died and 99% survived is because they had enough lifeboats. And not only did they have enough lifeboats, they filled the lifeboats to capacity. And not only did they fill the lifeboats to capacity, but they actually did a lifeboat drill. They have something called a muster station drill. And pretty much right when you get on the ship, everybody goes and you figure out if something happens, some type of emergency, you go to this place and there you can board your lifeboat. The question I want to pose to you and I today is simply this. The question is, is the church supposed to be more like a comfortable cruise ship or should the church be like a lifeboat? Should the church, I'm going to ask, ask it a different way, should the church be for churched people, good people, well people, healthy people? Or should the church be for people who are unchurched, people who normally don't go to church or bounced out of church? Should the church be for sick people? Should church be a lifeboat for people who are drowning? And as we ask and answer this question, I really hone down to the, why did Jesus come and to whom did Jesus come for? Now, if you're new to the whole church Bible thing, what I'm getting ready to say may surprise you. But Jesus, God's son, he was the most holy, most righteous, most godly person alive. Yet, the most godly person didn't spend most of his time around godly people. In fact, the most holy person, Jesus, did not spend hardly any time with the holy people of his day. And you would think that the most righteous person would spend time with the most righteous people of his day, but the exact opposite was true. He spent very little time pursuing relationships with righteous people. Now that's kind of interesting to me because, 
you would think the most godly, most righteous, most holy person would connect with the most holy, righteous, godly people, but in fact, the very opposite happened. And what's so much more amazing than that, and even more convicting to me as a preacher, this, when Jesus showed up in the first century, the most unholy, the most unrighteous, the most ungodly, the most sick people loved hanging around Jesus. Now, which is interesting to me today, because the most unholy, most unrighteous, most ungodly people today, they don't like hanging around the church, do they? They don't like showing up on Sunday morning, because they feel like they would get judged, or they would get hurled stones at, um, and, but that didn't keep people away from hanging out with Jesus. Even though Jesus was in a different category, and even though they thought, you know what, if, he, if Jesus only knew what I did during my spring break down at the Sea of Galilee, all right? And, I mean, if Jesus, I mean, even though Jesus was so different than they are, they loved hanging out with Jesus. And even in that, in the first century, when Jesus showed up, those people who were nothing like him flocked to hear him speak. And I wonder why today that people don't flock to... To, to listen to the average preacher speak. Because maybe we're not, like, we're not like Jesus like we really think we are. I think that if Jesus showed up today, he probably wouldn't be in a church somewhere on Sunday morning. But he would probably be down at a bar, hanging out with people who need it. People who are sick people who aren't healthy now as we kind of wrestle with this tension who did jesus come for and as we wrestle with this tension should the church be like a comfortable cruise liner or should it be like a lifeboat i want you to turn to mark the book of mark the book of mark the gospel of mark was written by a guy by the name of mark thanks for coming to one church all right in fact his full name is john mark John Mark wrote the book of Mark, and by the way, Mark wasn't one of Jesus' disciples. Mark wasn't one of his disciples. Mark kind of was kind of on the periphery of Jesus when he was around. It was, we think, that it was John Mark's parents' house that Jesus had the Last Supper in. So John Mark was kind of around him, but we never was part of the 12 disciples. But John Mark writes this gospel, he does some research, and he writes this gospel that's all about Jesus' life. All right? So in Mark chapter 2, verse 14, we're going to answer, thanks for bringing those lights up, thanks. Um, now you can see your Bibles. Yeah, isn't that cool? All right, cool. And by the way, if you have a phone with version, it's backlit, so you're good. All right, <clears throat> now, Mark chapter 2, verse 14, and we're only going to read like four verses today, all right? So uh, hang on, it'll be fun. Um, this is cool. What's this? As he, Jesus, was walking along, he saw, what's his name? Levi. Now, some of you, you're automatically thinking 501 Blues. No. All right, this is a guy's name. He saw Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. And Jesus said something here. He said what? Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. All right. So Jesus is walking along. 
He sees this Jewish guy by the name of Levi, and Jesus says, follow me. Jesus is picking, it's at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, and he's picking his 12. He's picking, I mean, his big guns. He's picking those people that's going to literally turn the world upside down and and are going to start this movement called the church, which 2,000 years later is still existing, which is pretty cool. All right, He chooses a guy by the name of Levi. So who is this guy? Who is Levi? Well, every Jewish man and woman was born of one to 12 tribes, one of 12 tribes. And Levi was born, he was part of the tribe called Levi. Thank you very much. All right. Now, who is, what, who is the tribe of Levi? We can trace their, their roots all the way back to Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And Levi was a priestly tribe. He was from a family of preachers. And I wonder, did his parents aspire for him to enter the priesthood? I wonder if his parents was aspired. Did they dream, I hope my son one day becomes a preacher? If that was their dream, they were sorely disappointed. Because Levi didn't turn out to be a priest or a preacher. A preacher excuse me. He didn't serve anyone but himself. And the only church he chose to attend was the church of greed. Because Levi was a tax collector. Now, we're pretty close to April 15th, all right? How many of y'all love the RRS right now? Let me see your hands. Wow. No one. There's one person in the back, all right? All I ask you to do is tithe. So I'll let you tithe on your refund check, all right? Anyway, <laughs> just joking. All right, anyway, actually I'm not. Um, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just playing. All right, so anyway, Nobody likes, nobody likes tax collectors, all right? Nobody likes paying taxes. In fact, I was hanging out with some people two days ago, and uh, it was my Uncle Johnny, and Uncle Johnny says, you know what? The, the, the Constitution says we don't have to pay taxes, so I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, let me know how that goes for you, all right? Um, and I reminded him they got Al Capone not by murder, but by tax evasion, okay? Um, Richard Hatch, any Survivor fans in here? All right, well, yeah, there you go. He had to pay taxes too, and he did some jail time. There you go. I'm just saying, none of us like paying taxes. None of us. And you see, it was even worse. It was even worse for Levi, because Levi was not only a tax collector, he collected taxes for the enemy of his own people. Because you see, Israel was a conquered nation by this time. Rome had come in, Caesar had come in, and wiped everything off the face of the earth, and now, pretty much, it was a puppet state. And what would happen is the Romans, because everybody knew, I mean, everybody tried killing these tax collectors because nobody liked paying taxes, the Rome had a great idea, you know what, we're going to get the Jewish people to collect taxes from their own people. And if they get killed, that's their own issue. So they would bring people in like Levi and said, okay, listen, here's what you got to do. You have to tax everything at 20%. And that's telling you that's what you have to give us. If you want to make some money on this deal, if you want to make a living, you're going to have to tax more than 20%. And that's exactly what they did. And they taxed everything. If you were a fisherman, they taxed your boat. They taxed um, every fish you got out. They taxed your bait. They taxed the wind that filled your sails. They taxed it all. And it wasn't just 20%. That was the minimum. Levi come in, he would do 30, 40, sometimes even 50%. And everybody hated this guy because he was a traitor to his own people. 
This guy, he lined his pockets with the money that he stole from his friends and from his family. I mean, imagine in this day an embezzling executive and then add with it the flair of a television evangelist, and that's the type of person we're talking about here. A person that no one likes. I mean, you, you can bet that Levi was shunned. All right? How many of y'all, like people in your neighborhood, when they grill out, they invite you? Anyone? Because nobody ever invited Levi. Nobody ever. Uh, every high school reunion, his name never showed up on the list. Everybody avoided Levi like the bird flew. Everybody that is except Jesus. In fact, it says in 2.14, follow me. And be my disciple. Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. The same guy Jesus said, I want you to be part of my team. Me? You, you talking to me? Yeah, you. I want you to be part of my team. I, I'm starting this new thing called the church, and I need your help. I mean, imagine being one of Jesus' other disciples. I mean, Peter's jaw is on the floor. What? You're asking that joker? I mean, Jesus, okay, I know you're the son of God and everything, but time out. Okay, you're trying to gain credibility from the religious people, right? That's exactly right. Okay, you're, by choosing this guy, you're not going to gain credibility. You're going to lose credibility. I mean, this guy is a thief. I mean, I mean he's probably going to steal money from you. In fact, I'm getting one of those chains on my wallets because I don't trust the guy. I mean, nobody, none of Jesus' disciples were excited about this pick. No one except Levi. All right? Now, think about this. Think of, it, you're, think of this from Levi's standpoint. Levi's excited about this opportunity to go and hang out with a rabbi, Jesus, but he goes back to his office and he packs up. All right? He goes back to his IRS office and he takes the IRS Auditor of the Year award that he got last year and he puts it in his box. And all of his coworkers, where are you going? You, you get in trouble somewhere? Did they let you go? <laughs> huh? Really? No. And Levi, he's packing up, you know, his shady uh, uh, college degree he got, business degree that he got from the University of somewhere. All right, all online. He puts that in there, and somebody, did you get in trouble with the missus? No. And as he's packing stuff up, he's opening up his, his desk drawer, and he's just emptying stuff in his box. And he's looking around, and everybody's kind of looking at him kind of sheepishly and, and looking around and with kind of quizzical looks. And Levi gets a lump in his throat. I know. I mean, the people, his crowd at his work, are the very people that your mom warned you about not hanging out with, all right? I mean, even though, you know, Levi doesn't really know what to say, I mean, they, were, they had salty language, they had four-letter word this and four-letter word that, they had Mardi Gras morals, they, they had their, uh, their bookie on, his, on their speed dial, on their, on their Hebrew iPhones, um, they had uh, some of these same people as he's packing stuff up. He's getting the uh, birthday card that got sent from him from the bouncer at the gentleman's club. And everybody's kind of looking around, but still, all of these people, even though they may be seedy and they may be salty and they may be kind of gruff, they were his friends, and a friend is a friend, right? I mean, friends are hard to come by. Yeah, what is he going to do? 
he mumbles kind of to himself. He says, well, I'm, I'm going to change your plans, change your work. And he walks out the door, and he's so wanting to tell his friends about Jesus, but he knows he can't. He can't do that. Because his friends, are, they're not going to want to hang out with a preacher. I mean, people like his friends want to hang out with a preacher kind of like a hog wants to hang out at a butcher shop. All right? It's not going to go well. And he thought, okay, maybe I could slip one of those New Testaments in their desk. But he realizes none of them read. All right? They just read picture books. All right? So he just he starts getting misty-eyed, and he starts getting emotional, and he starts saying all these dang allergies, and he wipes them away, and he kind of walks away, and he leaves his friends. He doesn't want to leave his friends, but he wants to be with Jesus. And he knows he can't invite his friends. So he goes to the local bar. And this establishment is not the type of nice bar that maybe you and I would go to. It's kind of a bar that would have like a bud um, chandelier uh, swinging over the pool table. And some of the lights are out. And you can see where some bar fights have taken place in the night before. And Levi goes into the bar and he tells the bartender, I need to settle my tab. Where are you going? You going on a cruise? You're the second person who asked me that. No, I'm not. Um, well, what's happening to you? He says, well, I'm, I got, I'm changing jobs. Really? That's cool. And Levi, he's sitting there, and he's, he's, he, he's seeing some of his drinking buddies there, some people he's done some beer pong with, and he's like, man, I, Butch is there, and, and Bubba's there. And he just he pays the tab, and he walks out the door, and he goes, and he sits down with Jesus across the street, and he's just kind of, Jesus can tell he's upset. What, what's going on with you, Levi? Well, Jesus, I, I'm thankful and all, and I want to follow you, um, but I'm going to miss those guys. I'm going to miss my friends. Well, wh- wh- what do you mean, Jesus says? Well, and then Levi says it like this. You know, I've got nothing against Peter and James and John and, and you, Jesus, but you're kind of my Sunday crowd, and all of these people are kind of like my Saturday night crowd. You know, I've got my own circle, you know. And Jesus starts to smile, shake his head. Levi, Levi, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus says, you think I've come to quarantine you? Following me doesn't mean you have to forget your friends. Just the opposite. You know, Levi, I want to meet your friends. You want to meet my friends? Yeah. Can you introduce me to them? I don't know if you quite understand. Most of my friends are, they're on parole. That's cool, Jesus said. I lo- but but oh, let me give you Butch, for instance. Butch, he's as slick as a can of Quaker State. All right? But I'm telling you, every Sunday morning, he hangs out there at the orphanage. And he, and he serves people. And he's not into all this religious thing. He doesn't read the Torah. Okay. And let me, let me tell you about Bubba. Bubba, um, he never, he doesn't wear a shirt that covers his gut. And all over him are tattoos. Okay. I'd love to meet him. All right. But I just want you to go get your friends and your family. And let's, let's sit down and let's talk. Levi says, are you sure you want to do this? He says, Jesus, not only am I sure, why don't you go and let's throw a party for this? Levi, okay, I, I, I got 
you know where I live, Jesus? Yeah, I know where you live. It's, that big, it's the biggest house in town. Yeah, I know where you live. Okay? Well, listen, I can go get some steaks, and we can go get some wings, all right? And why don't you and your peeps, Jesus, and I'll grab all of my co-workers and my beer-drinking buddies, and we'll, all my rowdy friends will come over tonight at my house, and we can hang out. And Jesus says, okay, sounds like a plan. Look what it says, verse 15. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Now look at this in parentheses. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Wow. There were many people of what kind? disreputable sinners, people who had no reputation except for the dis in front of it, all right? I mean, not the type of people you would see at a Sunday school convention. Yet Jesus comes over for drinks and dinner. Levi grills some steaks, and Jesus and his disciples, they show up, and they meet Levi's gang. Levi invites his drinking buddies from the bar. He invites the guys at his office. They all hang out on his back deck and eat steak and wings. There are earrings on some of these guys and tattoos on the girls and people with pierced eyebrows, pierced lips, pierced tongues, and pierced whatever else you can think of. <laughs> Music that rumbles the, at your teeth roots and the buzzing around in the middle of the group is this one guy by the name of Levi. Levi introduces Peter with a guy, again, who he plays beer pong with and always loses. Levi introduces John to one of his motorcycle buddies. And Levi connects James to a girl he met at a pole dancing convention. All right? Now, where is Jesus in all of this? Jesus is in the middle, smiling. I mean, what could be better, he's thinking? Sinners and saints in the same room, and nobody's trying to determine which is which. This is why Jesus came. An hour or so into the evening, an icy wind blows through because the religious police show up and they're writing tickets. The religious people show up and the soundtrack changes with the Jaws theme because somebody is getting ready to get their lunch eat. Some self-righteous religious folk show up and start hurling, hurling obscenities and judgments. Look at verse 16. But when the teachers of the religious law, bum, 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 who were the, with the Pharisees, saw him eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such what? Scum. You know, the Greek word for scum, you know what it means? Scum. Why would he lower himself why, why would he do that? Levi is the first to take the heat, and they're asking these questions, and, and he starts getting bowed up inside because they're attacking his friends. No, they may not be much to these religious goody-two-shoes, but they're his friends. And he starts to say something, and Jesus pats Levi on the back and says, I got this. And look at what Jesus says. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people 
don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come not to call those who are, think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. Quite a story. Levi goes from a double dealer to a disciple. He throws a party that makes the religious right uptight, but Jesus really proud. You want to know why Jesus spent so much time with people who are nothing like him? Because that's what he came into this world to do. It's the sick that need a doctor. And here's the crazy thing about this. All of us have been sick spiritually with sin. The Bible says all of us are sinners, that none of us were born into this great relationship with God, that all of us have this problem. And that, those are the people that Jesus come to hang out with. People who don't look like they have it all together. And when Jesus, when he kind of categorizes the world, he sees the people who are broken and spiritually sick, and he sees the people who think they have it all together and the people who think they're healthy. And Jesus says it like this, Chris, I'm not trying to offend you and I'm not trying to go out on the limb here, but you need to know I came for these people. I came for the spiritually sick people because that means everybody. You see, all of you, you may have gotten bounced out of a church because at one time, everybody kind of thought that their stuff didn't stink. But let me tell you, if you're a human, our stuff always stinks. Because the Bible says everyone has sinned. Now, some of us, we can cover that up better with stuff. Maybe with suits, ties, Sunday dresses, doilies on top of our heads and gloves. But still, at the end of the day, we're still sick. And we're the type of people sick people that Jesus came for. Jesus came to restore relationships with people who are broken, who are unhealthy, and who are sick. And I tell you, the implications for us is huge as a church because the easiest thing for me and you to do is just to show up with our Sunday best and sing songs and clap and go praise Jesus, drop, drop a Lincoln in the offering bucket and deuce out and say, you know what, I've done my time. But you see, Jesus showed up not so that we could just be comfortable on a cruise ship, but he showed up so that we, you and I, could be in a lifeboat helping other people who need help while they're drowning. Let's watch this clip. Rose, hold on just a little bit longer. Then, then we'll wait for the suction. But now we'll be coming back. You don't understand. If we go back, they'll swamp the boat. They'll pull us right down. I'm telling you. Not get off. You're scaring me. Come on, girls. Grab an oar. Let's go. Are you out of your mind? We're in the middle of the North Atlantic. 
Now do you people want to live or do you want to die? I don't understand a one of you. What's the matter with you? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more. And there'll be one less on this boat. If you don't shut that hole in your face. Should have gotten a whistle when you came in here so if you go ahead and grab that now i'm sure there's not any other church in clarksville get ready to blow whistles but you and i are all right you ready on the count of three ready one two three that was very shrill we're going to do that one more time ready one last time You know, you and I can wait so long 
not to invite people into the lifeboat that we no longer hear their whistles. Our ears can ring and grow deaf to the people who need saving. All the while, you and I sit comfortably, and so many other churches sit comfortably, singing songs and holding hands, rowing our boats gently down the stream because merrily, merrily, our life is but a dream. You know, outside of these walls, 88% of people in Clarksville don't go to church anywhere. They're drowning. They're splashing. And as people who are inside the church, people like you and me, we look at their splashing, we look at their yelling, and we mistake their actions on Friday and Saturday nights as having fun, as raising hell. But really what they're doing is trying to get our attention. They're blowing whistles and they're drowning. Listen to Stevie Smith's poem, Not Waving But Drowning, because that is exactly what happens. This is what Stevie writes. Nobody heard him, the dead man, but still he lay moaning. I was much farther out than you thought, and not waving, but drowning. Poor chap, he always loved playing, and now he's dead. It must have been too cold for him. His heart gave way, they said. Oh, no, no, no. It was too cold always. Still the dead one lay moaning. And I was much too far out all of my life. And I wasn't waving. But I was drowning. Let me close by telling you a true story of someone's spiritual journey. It's about a young woman by the name of Katie. Katie grew up in a Christian home. Her parents were evangelical pastors. She had a recording contract to become a Christian recording artist. She talks about how her family always overprotected her. Katie said this, The rules in her home were not only strict, but also a little nutty. I wasn't ever able to say I was lucky because my mother would rather us say that we were blessed. And she also didn't like that word lucky because it sounded a lot like Lucifer. Even the dirt devil, the vacuum, they didn't have one because it was a dirt devil. Deviled eggs were called angel eggs. In her family. The person named Katie also happens to have the last name of Perry. And in the pages of Rolling Stone, Katie Perry talks about her spiritual journey. This is what she says. God is very much still a part of my life, she says. I still believe in Jesus. I just have all sorts of different questions now. Katie Perry grew up in church, and we lost her. We lost her because we weren't willing to engage her and others like her where they were at with their questions. We lost her because we weren't willing to answer their questions because we were too busy answering questions nobody was asking. When it comes to Katy Perry, you know, we can boycott her music. We can throw stones at her. We can look at all the outlandish things she sings about and does. And we can mistake all of that by having fun. But maybe, just maybe, her and the people actions like her, not really having fun a lot, but it's a desperate cry for help. She's blowing a whistle. Many times the biggest partiers, the loosest people, many times the most vocal and outlandish people, they're trying to get the attention of us, but we mistake them having fun. But really, it's a desperate cry for help. What will I, you and I choose to do with this message this morning?
You know, as you walk out of here, you're going to have these whistles. And I want to encourage each and every one of you, all of us have somebody in our life that's blowing trying to get our attention. It may be something crazy that they're doing at work. It may be something they're doing hurtful for you, but they're trying to get your attention. And what they need to hear more than anything isn't words of condemnation or judgmental from you or me. They need to hear that Jesus loves them. What will you do with this message? Well, that really depends upon which side of the party you're on. You and I are Levi, and I know some of you are like, I'm not Levi, but no, no, no. There's enough hustler in the best of us to qualify for Levi. Maybe you've never taken taxes from anybody, but you've taken liberty with the truth. You've maybe cheated and fudged a little bit on your 2012-11 tax report. You've taken credit that really wasn't yours. You've taken advantage of the weak. You and me, we're Levi. Here's the cool thing about this. As we close, if you're at church right now, you receive an invitation. You're hearing Jesus clearly say, follow me. So if you've got a checkered past and you've got a shady reputation, that's okay. So did Levi. Oh, but did I tell you, Levi, he has another name. That was his Jewish name. You want to know what his other name is that you may know him more about? His name is Matthew. Matthew. You know, he wrote a book of the Bible. He called it Matthew. But you know, it wasn't about Matthew. It wasn't about his life. You know whose life it was about? Jesus. He just couldn't get over that somebody like Jesus, who was so holy, who was so righteous, who had it all together, wanted to be with somebody like him. And it changed his life. That's cool. Now, for others of you, if you've left the church, and maybe this is your first time back, I would just want to give you just some clarification. And here's the clarification. You don't have to be strange and weird to follow Jesus. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I mean, you don't have to stop liking your friends to follow him. In fact, just the opposite. A few introductions would be nice. Some time ago, I love hanging out at the Black Horse, all right? That's a place in town, and they have a tap room. I go up to the tap room all the time. And I usually go up there with my computer, and I work on sermons. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Because um, a lot of times people will ask me, what are you doing up here? I'm like, I'm working. I kind of leave it at that, because I know as soon as I say I'm a preacher, you know, you know. Well, and I remember this one, this one guy, uh, as, we're type, as I'm typing and I'm working on this sermon, uh, he says, okay, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, he's going to make me tell him. And I'm like, well, I'm a preacher. <laughs> you? You're a preacher? I'm like, yeah. He says, well, I guess that's kind of cool. He says, you want to play some pool? I'm like, sure. So I close my laptop. And we, uh, we play some pool. We sit there and talk, and I found out the guy, is, uh, you, you, he's actually from Iowa. And the church I pastored in Iowa, he, he lived about 20 miles away from that church. Heard of the church. We're sitting there talking, and uh, he's sitting there, you know, drinking. I'm sitting there laughing. We're having a good old time. At the end of the day, I, I, he may have been a little lit. I'm not sure. 
But at the end of the night, he puts his arm around me. He says, dude, he says, I want to let you know, you're okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but you know what I think he was saying? You're normal. Now, he doesn't know me real well. But what I'm saying to you and I today is this. You don't have to be a freak. All you got to do is just be normal. You know, I didn't lower my standards with him, but I didn't crawl, crawl up on my high horse either. I just played pool with him. And maybe, just maybe, that's the type of person that you and I need to become. Because that's who Jesus was. And I don't have it all right. I'm not perfect in this. But I just want you to hear, you don't have to become strange to follow him. Pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for this time, Lord, that we can just be able to come and, Lord, we can just, the light bulb goes off in our heads that we don't have to leave our friends in order to follow you, Jesus. You don't call us to do that. In fact, you call us to do just the opposite. You call us to make some introductions. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to do that as a people. A people who are jacked up and messed up and who don't have it all together. But, Lord, that we would be able to make some invitations and we invite people over to our house to hear our story. We invite people to church. We just invite people to hang out with us and maybe, just maybe, they'll catch a glimpse of you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for coming today. I have a couple announcements and then uh, uh, we're going to be done. If you're uh, going to be taking the offering, you can go ahead and come and do that now uh, as we uh, close with announcements. i uh, got a couple of things. We have a new Bible study starting at the church, and it's called Growing Strong. If you've ever wanted to kind of read through the Bible and learn you know, how to do, uh, how to read it for yourself, how to memorize Scripture, I know that's always kind of a difficult thing for all of us. Um, we would encourage you to come. We have a, a friend of mine named Randy is teaching this, and it's happening every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock at the One Church offices. So where is it happening? One Church offices what time? And what day? All right, very good. All right, uh, two others, um, and then we'll be done. Uh, if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, I would encourage you um, to, uh, camp is coming up. So I want to give you the dates of camp. Um, let me turn this on because I can't remember because i got a terrible memory. All right. Um, big stuff. Big stuff is our camp for high schoolers, and I will tell you, we have 30 spots open for big stuff, and half of them are already filled. So if you have a teenager that wants to go the big stuff, it's the second week, um, the second week of June. You can go to our website and you can just click on the banner that says big stuff and you can uh, follow that link and you can sign up. If you have a middle schooler, um, um, we have a middle school camp called Next and that's happening the first week um, of, uh, uh, of June, all right? And you can click on that. There's the big stuff logo. All right, and you can click on there. And if in the middle schoolers, we got a lot of tons of middle schoolers here at one church, so I think we have plenty of room for that. But it's also filling up, so I would encourage you if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, make sure to go to the website and sign up. And lastly, next Sunday we are going to be starting a new series here at one church, and it's called Home Wrecker. 
We're going to have a great time with it, all right? And I'll tell you, this is a series that both my wife and I are going to teach together because it's a series on marriage. So um, it will be a good, fun time, and we're going to be talking about wrecking balls that have a tendency to wreck our relationships and our marriage. All right? All right. Lastly, if you're a first-time guest, uh, you had to walk by our guest services table, uh, we would encourage you to go back by there and fill out one of these guest cards. We have a gift we would love to be able to give to you. So um, uh, we'd really encourage you to go back there. We're not going to stalk you. If you can just give us your information, we'd like to pray with you. Lastly, if you miss the offering buckets, uh, as you leave, there's these red tables that have offering envelopes and stuff. You can drop your money in there. We also provide that as a way, if you drop your money in, if you are in need, you're welcome to take money out. So, um, because we believe as a church, we're to trust God just like you're to trust God. So I'd encourage you to do that as well. Let me pray and we're going to be done. Dear God, we love you, we thank you, we thank you so much that we don't have to have it all together, that we don't have to be perfect, uh, because Levi wasn't perfect, Peter wasn't perfect, James wasn't perfect, the only perfect person who ever lived was you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you so much that you are God and that we are not. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.